Hey, a uh, lot of things in your bulletin. We'll cover. Co- I'll tell you what, do, do this first. We got to uh, get your tithing envelope out, whether you're uh, putting anything in it or not. I want you to just get it out. And we got a few things we want to do. So we're going to have a Super Bowl party. We ain't had one in a long time, so we're going to have one uh, next Sunday. And if you know somebody that's a Christian playing in the Super Bowl, write their name down on that, uh, on that envelope. Because we won't pray for them that they'll get the microphone and they'll give glory to the Lord. Um, it would be great to see um, somebody shouting about Jesus at, at the Super Bowl. And I think uh, through the last, you know, we ain't had a Super Bowl party in about 10 years. I, th- I think they're moving back towards um, the working man and, and, and the flag and the gospel of Christ. So... Be thinking about that and be praying for all those brothers and sisters who, who may end up with the microphone there. I was thinking about this. We, we did a, a service last night out at Moscow, and when I got done, uh, there was a guy that got saved out there and uh, gave his life to Jesus. And I thought about this, and I never thought about You know, I said, I, I wonder if the rapture's going to happen during the Super Bowl. And I, I just... I just I, would, I started preaching on that for a minute, and I, I thought, uh, I said, Russ, what happens if God comes back right in the middle of the Super Bowl? If, we, if you've read your Bible, you believe that, that this is going to be, when he comes back, there's going to be some, some media coverage and all this stuff, and, and there'll be some people that'll be there, and the rest will be raptured, all kinds of stuff, but... Don't think that he might not come during the Super Bowl. So I told everybody, I don't know if Taylor Swift is a, uh, a Christian or not, uh, but what we want to do is we want to pray for her because uh, if they give her to Mike, she could end up giving God the glory and uh, some people could get saved. So I did this in the other side. Let's just pray for her right now and just pray that she comes to the Lord. Uh, and if she doesn't, I just pray that her daddy gets on the phone and calls her up. I really do. So, Lord, I just pray for this young lady who's getting all this press uh, that, that maybe, Lord, you're trying to speak through this young lady, that she would get born again uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so, anyways, if you know some people that are uh, playing football, put it on your uh, tithing envelope. And uh, here you go, brothers. Throw that in there. And... Uh, and uh, we'll pray for him because I, w- I want to see somebody give God the glory. I know that would, that would make the enemy mad, wouldn't it? Um, but I want to tell you about this gentleman who got saved out at Moscow. Because there was, uh, I mean, it was like the Holy Spirit just fell on the place. And, and I was given the altar call. And I never, so I kind of looked up and I looked up and I seen him. And, and uh, his wife was standing next to him. And she had a Bible opened, and he was standing there. I could see that the Lord was working on him. And uh, yeah, I was just praying that the Lord would, would just touch his life. Uh, and then he ends up raising his hand, giving his uh, life to the Lord. And uh, his wife was so excited, and they came up, and the whole church hugged him and everything. And, uh, and, and I didn't uh, even know who he was. i never even seen him before. Uh, but now I'm assured that I'm going to see him in glory. Uh, when we go. Amen. 
So uh, that would be super if God came during the Super Bowl. Go with me into Genesis 1.26. So we're talking about health here, and we're going to kind of... Um, we're going to kind of talk about just general health, you know, your physical health and spiritual health and, and all these things. They're all in here. So I want to, I want to make sure that we're really covering this and, and, and be ready for uh, and kind of get us geared up and ready for Valentine's Day. Um, and maybe you can take out a loan and get a, a, a Valentine's Day card. I, I just, I can't, I just, I said that last, I can't believe how expensive cards are now. I remember when we first started buying Valentine's Day cards for my wife, you know, 37 years ago or whatever it is. I think there was like a, a 90 cents or something. And nothing's 90 cents anymore. Um, so be ready for that. Then God said, let us make... Man in our image. And I'm going to refer back to Ephesians 4.24 when I get done here. But I'm going to kind of set you up for God's plan. And I talk about this a lot. Uh, and I probably wouldn't have to talk about it if I thought we got it right. Amen? So I'm just going to keep on preaching it till uh, the, the world gets this. Let us make man in our image and after likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock. So God's got a plan for us, a, a healthy plan uh, for us to live. And it started right here. Here's the plan. Uh, over all the earth and over the creeping things that creep on the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. So I was listening to Adrian Rogers, probably like a lot of you were this morning, uh, coming into church. Uh, and he comes on at 6 o'clock. Um, and, and I was listening to him, and he was talking about um, he was talking about the prophet Jeremiah and how God said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. And he, and he said, just think about that. Uh, if Jeremiah's mom would have aborted him, that's what he was preaching on. He said he would have aborted a prophet of God. Amen. Okay, it's quiet. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And God blessed them. Watch, this is kind of a crazy thing. And God said to them, say it with me, be fruitful and multiply. So this is God's plan for all of mankind. The man to have a woman and there to multiply. And... Uh, God wants that to happen unless God has given you, watch this now, because this is going to come up in the sermon too, unless God has given you the gift to live by yourself and be celibate. And I only know of a few people in the Bible that had that gift. Uh, and the other one's reunics. Uh, and, and we find out, um, he said to subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth and God said behold I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth and every tree with its seed in it is fruit you shall have them what does it say you shall have them for food that means uh, you're supposed to eat that stuff 
plants and the animals and the fish and all that. And, you know, so don't get mad at me if I'm cutting into a big steak. If you see, no, if you see me at Texas Roadhouse, don't get mad at me. Because I'm not going to apologize. I like cutting into a big fat steak. When they come over and ask me how I want it done, how do you want your steak? I said, on that plate. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that guy. I'm not that Tinkerbell where I got to have it this way. All I need to do is have it. Just bring it here and save the salad for somebody else. That's getting in my way. Say amen. amen. Let me read something. Uh, and then we'll pray real quick and get into the message. Uh, and it comes from Ephesians 4.24. And I just want to make sure that we're on track here. It says, um, I'm just going to start right there. And to put on the new self created after the likeness of God. So he's kind of mirroring what he said thousands of years ago. Paul's telling the church in Ephesus. We're created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness. Holiness means God has set you and I apart for this purpose, is to, is to have dominion over this earth, rule over it, have children, and have a good time, and stay healthy. Let us pray. Lord, the plan is simple. I don't know how we screwed it up so bad. I have no idea. But forgive us where we have messed it up and uh, help us get back on track. Um, and uh, today, bless the offering. And Lord God, those people who write down all these wonderful names of people who are going to be playing in the Super Bowl that are Christians, we want to pray for them that they would get the microphone and give you the glory during this game. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So applaud the Lord, let the basket come by. And uh, I'll pray that somebody takes you out for steak dinner tonight. Uh, so before I get into this, I'm, gonna be, I, I'm, not, I'm not some health expert, but I wanted to give you a couple of health uh, tip issues, uh, health tips. Uh, the first one, the most important one for you and your family is to read your Bible in the morning and read it at night. Uh, and sometimes that's a challenge. So don't be that guy that comes in church and, uh, Lisa, I, Pastor, I read six chapters every day. No, you don't. Look at me. No, you don't. Be the, be the man or woman that reads one chapter a day every day of the year. That's 365 chapters. That's a lot. I know it don't sound like much because you want to be holier than the next guy, but if you read a chapter every day that you woke up, your life would change. Amen? So that's the first thing to keep you healthy, you know, keep you healthy, you know, spiritually and, and physically and, and, and keep your family together and all that. So I, I wrote down a couple other ones. Eat less sugar. And I said that and went, it, so I got to be honest, I'm, I'm going to confess, Russ, I, I, I wrote these notes down just because I guess I was, God was convicting me. He's like, dude, you need to quit eating so much dang sugar. I would eat my boot if you put sugar on it. 
So I went and I bought, you know, all the people get here early. They're working and setting everything up. I bought three dozen donuts and about 30 McDonald's sandwiches. Just, and, 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 I, and I did that just as a gesture to thank all the people who came. Amen? So there's going to be times when we eat sugar, and I don't think it's the end of the world, but I'm just saying eat less sugar. Eat organic if you can. Grow a garden. And hopefully yours is more successful than mine was two years ago. Remember when I told you that I was planting a garden? I was like, we're going totally organic. Don't need to go to the store anymore, Ashley. We got the whole garden. And we didn't grow nothing out of that thing. I mean, we couldn't. There was nothing that grew out of there. And I was, I was extremely frustrated because I was like, oh, yeah, we're opening up the farmer's market and the whole deal. So take your time and, and, and get your garden. And it's also you can uh, develop some healthy habits by working out in your garden. Um, uh, look for some healthy beef or venison. So not everything has to come wrapped up from your local store because a lot of that has additives and who knows, the steroids and probiotics, all just kinds of stuff that you probably don't need. Try to, try to find something that's healthy. Uh, go out and take a walk. So everybody that watches TV, and you watch TV at night, and I asked the service uh, last night, do they still have commercials like when you're watching a show? Because I, I, we never watch any shows. So just like a normal show, would they have like a commercial in the middle or all through them? Then on them commercials, get out and do a little three-minute walk and then come back and sit back down. Or do, or do some movement. And I know some people are chair-bound, and you can be lifting different things and help getting your heart rate up. And, and just about anything is, is a good way to start. Amen? You'll either find a way to start or you'll find an excuse for it. This is my biggest one. Go out in your backyard and walk barefooted. If you have never walked barefooted, start doing it. I've been doing it for years, and it doesn't matter what the weather is. It doesn't matter if it's rainy. don't matter if it's snow. don't matter if it's hot. But there's healing properties in the soil that God has given us. And I know some people have had shoes on for 50 years that are scared to death to take them off. Do you remember when you was a kid, Scott? You could, you could run down the sidewalk when it was burning hot in your bare feet. Now if you step outside, you're like, hey, yeah, yeah. Slippers on. Yeah, get your Crocs on. Cold plunge tub. You're going to find out that the cold plunge tub is going to be one of the most effective tools out there. It does things that, guys, it'll change your life. And I, and I know it's hard to even conceive the idea of going outside when it's winter. And I would say you have to ease into it, but I'm going to tell you what, cold plunge tubs are life-changing. I promise you. I wouldn't tell that if I didn't believe that. Check with your doctor. There's all kinds of exercises on YouTube. Uh, drink more water and get more sleep. Uh, so, and that's, and that's tough in my house. Is we, we don't, me and my wife don't sleep a whole lot. I don't sleep at all. So my daughter comes home, and, and she's here, and and she's like, Dad, she goes, I can't believe it. She goes, since I've been home, I haven't slept at all. So she's kind of on me and her mom's schedule, you know. And uh, so we're, we're just excited to be up uh, in the morning praising God. But you definitely need to get more sleep. Amen. So here we are uh, in First Timothy chapter 4. I just wanted to give that to you because I thought it would be beneficial. Um, so use some of it or tell me to jump in a lake, whatever. 
Uh, but this is talking about the apostate church. So there's, there's, there's spiritual health in here, and there's going to be some physical health in here. And, uh, and you guys need to take some notes on here. This is really, really good stuff. Uh, it says, now the Spirit expressively says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. Let's stop there for just a second, because as holy as you guys are, you can't even imagine leaving the faith or leaving the church. And, you, and some of you are like Peter going, I'll never do that. I'll never deny you, God, until something really bad comes in. You're like, you know what? I'm not going to church anymore because I never really even liked that church. And I definitely didn't like the pastor. I think a lot of times when people are on the bubble, they're just looking for a reason to leave. I'll go over here. I think <laughs> Amen. I mean, you know who they are. And maybe they don't go to this church, but this is, this is where we're headed if we don't turn this thing around and keep Christ as our center in every area of our life. I mean, let's be honest. The Apostle Paul gave this to Timothy, so some of this has got to be true in here. I mean, it's all true, but I think it speaks to us right now. So here it is. In the latter times, so that means right now in the church age, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits of teaching and demons. You go, man, that's pretty excessive, the, the demon and the devil teaching. I don't know if I believe all that, and I don't know. We, well, we really don't believe that. And the church I went to never talked about demons and devils. Well, good, that's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. I promise you he's real as the nose on your face, and he would love to keep you out of church. So when I brought this couple forward, when this guy gave his life to Jesus, I said, I'll bet you went through hell to get to church today. She said, man, you wouldn't believe it. She said, you know, I was going to turn around and I forgot my phone and the dog ate my homework or whatever and all. But what the devil was trying to do is the devil knew that that guy was going to get saved and walk the aisle at the church. So they went through a struggle. So I made sure we had a celebration after he gave his life to the Lord. Amen. We, we, we rubbed the, the, uh, the devil's nose in it. Amen. Uh, so here's how he's going to do it. So verse 2 says it. It says, through the insincerity of liars whose conscience are seared. So that means they've been seared by either bad religion, bad theology, or world. Or, or worldly. So somewhere in their brain, someone has given them some bad theology, bad ideology or something, and here it is. And it, go, it flies right in the face, uh, Whaley, of what I just read to you out of Genesis. Here it is. Who forbid marriage. Who forbid marriage. That means there's some people out there who forbid people to be married. Whether that's in a social club or certain types of religion or whatever, they forbid these people to be married. And here's the deal again. If you don't have the gift of celibacy, you're in trouble or you'll be chewing on a tree. And require abstinence from food. Remember, God gave us a man and a woman in the garden. Then he gave us food. Now, the apostle Paul is telling young Timothy, there'll be people that'll walk into your church and go, hey, you shouldn't, this group of people should not be married. We know that's a lie. Because he said it was a lie. He said, these people's conscience are, are seared. 
They've had somebody come in and, 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 and pull their brains out and install something in there that's not right. And you can look at our woke society now. They're, they're trying to throw anything up against the wall to see if it'll stick. You, pretty soon you're going to see people marrying dogs and donkeys and horses and buildings and all kinds of things. Or you'll end up with same-sex people marrying and all kinds of stuff. Oh, we already have that, sorry. But this is flying in the very face of the way God created us. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get mad. Don't get mad. I'm just reading what's in the book. I, just, I would just be glad that I was at a church that started telling the truth. So, can anybody be delivered? Anybody can be delivered at any time. Nobody's one sin is worse than the other. I know you think it is. But this one here flies in the face of the way God created us. So he said, we're supposed to abstain from food, these people. I don't know who they are, but they got to be teachings from demons or devils because it's not a teaching from God. I started you right out in the, in, in the first page of the book, and, and God told you how to live. That God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. So you guys know the truth now, so you won't have any excuse. If you go out and try to change that, that'll be on you, and you'll be fighting against God. I don't know about you, but head-button with God, ends up, you end up leaving with a sore head. And only the guys understand that. Like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll come when I'm ready, you know, and you're kind of just banging your head against, well, I'll come when I'm ready. Yeah, I was going to come this week, but you know. What you need to tell them as a brother in Christ, no, I don't know. Tell me what's going on in your life. Why won't you yield to the, to the movement of God? Because I'll be honest with you, I told you, I think we're running out of time. If, if the rapture didn't happen during the Super Bowl, I'd be surprised. Can you just imagine that? Let's stop and think about that just for a while. So we're all here. It had Bible will travel, and me and Mike Sr. eating snacks like we always do, but healthy ones. <laughs> healthy! We're drinking water and eating celery stalks and rice cakes. Now point at me and say, you're a liar. <laughs> then all of a sudden we blink, forced her, and we're in glory. And I don't know how many people are watching the Super Bowl a lot. Can you imagine being the guy that's commentating on the game if he ain't born again? He's like, what happened? He said, I, I seen on Facebook or YouTube where this preacher that had Bible was preaching that I ought to get saved. I should have listened to him. All the fancy equipment, all the trucks, all the, tra all the rock stars, all the halftime show. All the, all the debauchery, people dancing around half naked and using swear words and, and dragging the name of Jesus through the mud. All of a sudden, boom, gone. They look around, they go, what the heck happened? Look at your neighbor and say, don't get mad, don't get mad. And there was a guy that was pounding the pulpit up there at Half Bible and telling us every week to get saved. Amen. I mean, think about that, man. I'm going to tell you, I had some people come up to me afterwards like, holy cow. I'm never, I, I, didn't, I couldn't believe I said it. 
But you know we're getting close. You can almost, watch me class, you can almost taste it or smell it. I mean, that, 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 that's how good it's going to be if you're born again. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's like during Christmas time, I walk through my kitchen. My wife's always cooking chocolate chip cookies. And I haven't tasted it yet, but I know what it's going to taste like. And she's like, and she, she goes to pull them out of the oven. And while she's pulling them out of the oven, she's like, do you want one? And I'm like, I, I, oh, yeah. I mean, I can't say it quick enough. I go, and, and it doesn't matter how hot they are. Let's be honest. You know, they're, they're hotter than the Georgia sun. But you're going to eat them anyways. You don't care if the tongue gets burnt. Verse 5. Let's do verse 5. If you put these things before the brothers, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the word, the words of faith, and of good doctrine. Now listen, this is all going to come together in these next two verses. Talking about all this health thing I'm talking about. The good doctrine that you have followed have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Or if you're reading some versions, it would, be, it would say babble. That means you don't need to sit out in the parking lot or sit out in the hallways of the church or your work and have these conversations with people that you've had for the last 10 years. Don't have these conversations with these people. All they want to do is burn up your time and hope that you got a solution for them. You gave them a solution 10 years ago. They didn't take it. All it is now is a history lesson. Spend that on some time with somebody that wants to go the same place you're going, and then you'll have two people witnessing for the Lord. Oh, I'm going to preach on. So he says, don't, don't. He said, don't waste your time with this irreverent babble. He says, rather train yourself for godliness. So if you're going to spend any time, make sure it's in godliness. For while body training is of some value, so I moved over from the, from the treadmill at gym to the bicycle. And I thought if I, if I pedaled it fast enough, it might jump off the stand and I would end up somewhere. But I wasn't. I was still in the same dang place I was last time. And that's how we are as Christians sometimes. We wish we would go someplace, but we're in the same spot we was 10 years ago. Today, we're going to turn our lives over to the Lord and let him start doing something in our lives that's supernatural. Something really supernatural and godly. We're going to train ourselves uh, in a godly fashion here. I'm going to ask you to rise up here. This is going to be my last verse I'm going to read, then I'm taking you straight into Proverbs where we're going to do this altar call before the Lord's Supper. Here's what he says. Here's the Apostle Paul talking to young Timothy. He said, for while bodily training is of some value, he said, you know, getting on the treadmill has some value, Cherry, but not as much value as godly training does. He said, if you was to like weigh out what you should do, train your, remember I told you to start out by reading your Bible in the daytime and then read it before you go to bed. And if you got time to go to the gym, go to the gym. But don't trade the gym for your Bible. Oh, you didn't, you didn't hear me. You would have said something. Don't, trade, don't become a gym rat and not study your Bible anymore. You know, I thought about that all the years I spent in a gym, and I don't know what it was, whatever, 30 years or whatever. I was a gym rat, just building my own identity. My own, I, was, I, I became my own God. And then God says, he said, why don't you take all that energy you spend in the gym, you know, six days a week, sometimes twice a day. All that 
and then and then put it in studying my word. I thought, man, that's so what, what God was doing, God was dealing with me with my identity. My identity was in some of the small accomplishments that I made. You know, the trophy rooms. You've been, you have some somewhere or something. And there's nothing wrong with them. But it was truly my identity. I mean, that's even who my parents identified me with is a, this whatever. And then as I became less and Christ became more, that's when my life changed. I love to work out, but I love reading my Bible more than I love to work out. I really do. I love, I love spending time with the Lord and my family and talking about the things. And, it, and it's such a breath of fresh air when my daughter comes back to visit and she comes to sing. It's, guys, this is the time of your life. If you have kids or grandkids who are coming to visit or be around you, it doesn't get any better than that. And then spend that time talking about God. That's what we talk about. It's the most, it's the most wonderful thing in the whole wide world. So I'm giving this altar call. Turn with me into Proverbs chapter 3 and I'll walk you through this. And I wouldn't be surprised a bit if somebody got saved when I... So I'm, I'm doing this altar call. And I'm calling out to the Lord and I, and, I, and I can see that God's moving in the place. And then I look up at my daughter and my daughter's crying on stage. Sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden this, this man gives his life to Jesus. This is the scripture that I read him. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Say it with me, class. Fear the Lord. And turn away from evil. You can't continue to be an evil and do the things of the world and say you're a follower of God. Watch this, class. He's going to get you. He's going to get you. He'll run you down. He'll run you down. Just like he ran that guy down at Moscow. You can bring the lights down just a little bit. Lynn, watch what's getting ready to happen here. It says, it will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. When's the last time you've really been refreshed? Some people walk in this church week in and week out, Terry, and they're just as stale as they can be. Oh, it's another service. It's another Sunday. This ain't another Sunday. This is a new, this is a new Sunday. This is a new day. This is a new word. This is a fresh word. Say it with me. This is a fresh word. This ain't some old stale word that I pulled off the internet and regurgitated to God's people. I'd never do that. This was given to me by the power of the Holy Ghost. Being refreshed is the greatest thing in the whole wide world. 
when Jesus comes into your heart, he just mows you over. So this guy's getting ready to walk down. I'm up there looking at my daughter. She's crying because she's sensitive to the power of the Holy Spirit. And we could see this thing developing. But you know what was going on inside there? There was a battle between good and evil. The devil was telling that guy, you don't need to move. And I said, you need to move. So when you, I want you to close your eyes, and I want to ask you a question here. I'm just going to get personal here. I'm going to say, when's the last time you've been refreshed? When's the last time you've been refreshed? I mean, I'm not talking about with some drink or some pill or something. I'm talking about truly being refreshed by the power of the Holy Ghost. When's the last time you've been enlightened? When's the last time you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost? When's the last time you walked out of church and you had a little spring in your step and you you skipping and you jumping and you hopping and you celebrating? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray for you right now. And I don't know who has been saved in this church and who hasn't been saved, but I know God's here today. Troy, God's taken over the place. Move your agenda aside. Tell him, tell, tell God, say, move my agenda aside. I want you to, I want you to refresh me. Raise your hand if you, you want to be refreshed. I'm moving my agenda aside and all my little things that I've been messing with. I've been messing with this, I'm messing with that. I've been playing church and I've been messing and I've been I've been carrying on out on Facebook and acting like a fool. I want to be refreshed. I want to be refreshed. I want to be, I want to be born again. I want, the, I want the blood of Jesus to cover me. Oh, what a day it is. We, we, we come to church and we ran straight into a camp meeting. A camp meeting. Oh, it's a camp meeting. Can I get God's people to join me down here who want to be refreshed? And if you want to be saved, I want you to come down too. Come on. I see you in the back hand back there. Oh, you need to touch a life. Put your hand on a shoulder. We're going to pray right now. You know, there is no way on God's green earth the devil can whip us all. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah, Father God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Hallelujah. We pray for this young lady right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you flutter with your Holy Spirit, Lord. We bind the devil by the blood of the Lamb. We pray and believe, Lord God, that you'll be refreshed and encouraged and renewed as the church gets in agreement right now. And call this done in thy name. Church said amen. amen. Celebrate with applause. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb.